0: Hmm. Recorded live. Hey, Joe, you there?
1: Hey, right here. Perfect timing, brother.
0: Okay. What's going on?
1: I wanted to get your opinion on something. Did you want to go over Friday's night of mismatches on on Spike?
2: Oh. Oh, hell no. No, 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 please. You didn't even
1: want to talk about
2: <clears throat>
1: um Landy lot and his future at fifty four I mean he's thirty three years old, and no one wants to fight him, and that's the reason why he fought yuri foreman there, I mean he's not a draw, and no one wants to fight him.
2: oh man, that fight was just so ho- uh putrid. i honestly, I changed it you know, I changed the channel.
1: You know, oh, after the, rest, after the Andre the fight, or did you even get to see his landy lotta?
2: I did, I like a round or two. I'm like, oh fuck this, you know what I mean? So I didn't. Uh, what do you call it? I, I just changed the channel, man. I don't want to fuck with that, man. The whole show. I didn't even. I didn't even, man. I seen. I seen it, man. I'm like, oh god, Al Heyman up to his fucking same old bullshit games. You know what I mean? You know, that's what I was saying to myself. The same old shit. You know what I mean? Hmm. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. Uh, nah, man. I mean, nah, we're for time. Nah, let's just talk about nah.
1: Fuck it, Rizondi Lara, man. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through the results. I'm gonna basically say, um, basically what happened. You give your thoughts, and then we'll move on. But we're just gonna okay. cover it. Yeah, we want to be as comprehensive as possible. But obviously. Our focus is going to be on the Floyd Mayweather event in Barclays Center, and his fucking rant on the uh, basically the fights, and then afterwards his his rant during the post fight press conference, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Hey, hey okay. Hey, this, this is this is bullshit. <laughs> We're
0: yeah. not going to be like the promoters and pay judges off. We we, we ain't doing that. Treat yeah. treat us. F- <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, what yeah. a fucking joke! And then wearing that fucking picnic basket man as of, of a of a shirt, man. out yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. that was so, that was funny, man. Yeah.
1: We'll do, we'll do that, okay? So let's start off talking about the events on Saturday. So you ready?
2: Yeah. Go ahead.
1: All right. Let me take you off speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to an all-new edition of War Week Radio, guys. uh, This would not be an episode of War Week Radio without our very good friend, three-decade fight trainer, Mister James Gogi. James, how are you doing this evening, sir?
2: Hey, I'm doing great, Joe. I'm doing I'm doing good. How about yourself?
1: Well, I tell you what. After an evening of entertaining fights at the Barclays Center this past Saturday, January fourteenth, you know. I'm not doing half bad as a boxing fan for once. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, James, um, were you expecting those fights to be as entertaining and competitive as they were?
2: Uh, man, the one Saturday, boy.
0: I thought Tank Davis' fight would be a fight, with his breakout fight, to what do you call it, to
2: announce to America that he has arrived, okay? Uh, I, I thought just a superior athlete, <laughs> superior talent would be enough to overcome uh, his lack of experience in fighting, you know, you know top-level competition. And the Jack, the Gale fight, boy, I didn't think it was going to be that good to Terry shoe Joe. it oh, was uh, a great
1: fight. Riveting over-delivered. Fight. They over-delivered, no, which was great. Absolutely. So i tell you what, um, and uh, I, Gogi, I I just noticed, though, that you didn't mention anything about the event that went down in South Florida on Friday, which was televised on Spike. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I fell asleep. I
2: fell asleep. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> the hell? Can
1: you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. I can
1: hear you, Wait, hold on. Stop. Let's start all over. Did you hear that? That buzz? No. Siren-like? That was on my end? Okay, I can edit it out. I'm sorry. I can edit it out. So, once again, I just asked you the question. I noticed you didn't mention the event in South Florida. Your response?
0: Well,
2: Joe, to tell you the truth, I turned it on, but I fell asleep. So I didn't really get to see all the, the whole card. <laughs> That's how exciting I was, excited I was about the fights. So they were just putrid. Al Heyman, boy, he's back at it again. Okay, because you know he this was on Spike, so it was on it was it was it was on Showtime. It, you know, Showtime. You know I think Stevie Espinoza had a enough of his you know of his
0: bullshit, oh.
2: and so he takes you know his mismatches to Spike, where you know he's got a one fight a month and. Now he's ruining that network over there with his, you know, with his yeah. future uh, matches he's making. Oh, that guy is just – he's such poison for boxing, man, that guy, boy. If you let him control uh, the matches, uh-huh. he'll, ruin, he'll ruin that network too.
1: Yeah, and obviously we won't talk about the undercard um, in which Anthony Durrell stopped Mr. Norbert Nemesapati. Hmm. Uh. Well, that's something that you can say very easily. And a 21-year-old Hungarian fighter um, who actually quit between rounds, the 6th and the 7th. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I tell you what, let's move on to the action fights, which was a Mayweather Promotions event at the Barclays Center. Um, and in your main event of the evening, it was James DeGaulle defending his uh, IBF Super Middleweight title against the WBC Super Middleweight Titleist at 168, Mr. Badu Jack. Mm. And, um, Gogi, first of all, let's talk about the judge's verdict. Now, once again, a lot of people, uh, I've been hearing this, right? I've been hearing this a lot since that fight, and especially, well, from Floyd Mayweather Jr., right? who stated this on the Showtime broadcast immediately following the fight in the middle of the ring, being um, interviewed by Jim Gray, but especially in the post-fight press conferences, or in the post-fight press conference, your uh, verdict was 114-112 by Judge Glenn Feldman in favor of James DeGaulle, but it was overruled by Julie Letterman as well as Steve Weisfeld who scored the bout 113-113. And you know what, Gogi? I actually scored it that same way. So did Steve Farhood on Showtime. Um, how did you actually score the fight? And then we'll talk about, well, Floyd May with his protest.
2: You know, Joe, golly, I thought Jack might have pulled it off because of the, you know, I always favor the guy that lands a harder, more telling punches in the fight. Uh, who's doing it consistently, okay? I know... Uh... <coughs> One second, Joe. One second. Just
1: do that again.
2: I'll Just let it out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll
1: let it out, brother. So, okay. Hold on. Which, in essence, Gogi created a majority draw, and there's your verdict. Both champions hold on to their respective titles, and, uh, well, it came to uh, a lot of protest by Floyd Mayweather Jr. So what, how did you see the fight playing out? Did you agree with the judges at ringside?
0: You know, Joe,
2: it was an awfully close fight, but I like to judge fights on the pro, uh, the pro scoring uh, criteria. And usually 80% of the uh, how you judge each round individually is by favoring the guy who lands the harder punches cons- more consistently, the more telling punches. And that's why I gave the edge to Jack in a lot of those rounds. Uh, he was landing, you know, ripping body shots, uh, ripping them uppercuts, uh, straight one-twos, right, straight right hands down the middle. You know, once in a while he'll hit them with that, you know, a sharp, uh, you know, punishing jabs. Uh, he walked him down and, uh, you know, pretty much made – Degal fight his fight because you know uh, Degal ain't got no ain't, he he doesn't have no skill sets to fight uh, a good pressure fighter. Okay, he doesn't have the skill sets to fight to fight in the pocket, to fight in the trenches. He's amateur, Joe. You know what I mean? He's very very amateur. Those amateur combinations, uh, you know, he doesn't set he doesn't set his feet good. You know, to dig those body shots, you know, you know, or dig those uh uh the power shots to get you know your opponent's attention and respect he doesn't throw them c- short compact uh power shots in the pocket to get your opponent's respect and i thought jack was you know ripping them with them uppercuts cuz one thing that, that Gal has a habit of is when he gets in the pocket he'll lean you know he'll lean forward a little he'll let his uh he'll let his uh, head you know get past his lead leg you know he'll he'll lean He'll lean over past his lead, lead leg and hey, when you do that, you're gonna be, you know, susceptible to uh, you know, the uppercuts of uh, Jack and he was nailing them with that. That was one punch I saw him nailing uh the girl with a lot was those uppercuts and everything. And hey, basically, Joe, it's basically basic fundamentals were bad in the pocket. He pretty much were amateur you know, amateurish. Uh and I thought Jack was taking advantage of those deficiencies of Jack um, deficiencies of DeGale in the pocket, and just the harder shots. I thought Joe, you know, he was. I thought he was, you know, giving. I was giving him the edge in the rounds because what's his name was throwing all those fast, sharp combinations. You know, the amateur stuff man, but mm-hmm. I don't score that crap. I score, you know, the more telling <laughs> blows, and that was Jack.
1: Well, what did you think of the game plan? Um. Of Badu Jack and generated by his trainer, someone that you have a lot of respect for, and it almost seems like you could obviously tell, I think, that they studied his fight tape from last April, in which Rogelio Porky Medina, um, you know, the gentleman who knocked out Jay Leon Love, actually gave him a lot of trouble applying that intelligent pressure. Um, mm-hmm. It was very effective, and it really mm-hmm. showed his inadequacy on, inadequacy on the inside, so uh gogi do you think they actually watched that fight tape and you think that's pretty obvious that they devised a plan from that fight
2: oh louis deval is uh you know the new trainer uh they had Eddie mm. Mustafa. i don't know what they had a falling out i don't know what happened yeah so they hired louis deval louis deval the former wba uh light heavyweight chap of the world uh uh you know he took over the training for uh for uh eddie mustafa and uh, i thought he had a great game plan you know uh, walking him down, putting a lot of pressure, and you know, don't let the gal control range and distance because if he did that the whole fight, it wouldn't have even been close because you know, the gal's the more superior athlete and he had him counter a lot. Uh, every time you know, the gal with those shot, they come back, he come back firing with shots and just the body shots he was landing uh the short compact uppercuts, uh the straight right hands, the left hooks and everything. Uh the you know, Louis was telling him, you know, the perfect things uh the perfect strategy in the corner, you know, on uh on how to beat uh Degas and everything. So yeah, I, I really believe Joe, they watched it and they felt that, hey man, we can't we can't play uh, you know to his uh we can't dance to his music which is, you know, on the outside. So we gotta take it to him and make our fight. And they did. And I thought they did enough to win the fight. But, ah, you know, I'm not a judge. Uh, you know, New York, I guess the New York judges, you know, thought that, uh, what do you call it? They scored it a draw. One, one judge even had it for the gal. So, you know, I have no idea, you know, who that judge was. But, uh, hey, it's boxing. That's the way it goes.
1: Yeah, well, uh there is a gentleman who obviously thought that it was a wrong verdict. Even though his man, well, still maintained his distinction as the WBC super middleweight champion, Floyd Mayweather Jr. promoter. Um, yeah, he, he really took exception to. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> to the yeah. to the judges' verdict afterwards at the press conference. Boy, you know, as a promoter, and Bob Arum's pretty good at about this. He's pretty good at selling his product, selling his fighters selling his events, but he doesn't take an egregious amount of the spotlight away from his men. Floyd Mayweather really needs to learn that lesson because after the post-fight press conference or during the post-fight press conference, it was all about him and very little Mm. about Badu Jack. Going back into his career, uh, explaining to the media how he had been Short change <laughs> yeah. throughout yeah. his entire career, um, and he had to earn everything the hard way. And it's like, well, wait a minute, Floyd. This this isn't about you. So this is yeah. what he had to say afterwards. Hey, hey you know, th- this decision is bullshit.
0: You know, we're not going to be like other promoters and, and pay judges off. We ain't going to do that. You know, we, we just want tr- fair treatment. You know, treat us fair. You know, it, it, you know, in the fight with Canelo, you know, one of these judges scored it a, a draw, which was which was ridiculous. You know, and and, and in in the uh, in the Oscar De La Hoya fight, one one of the judges saw him actually winning the fight, which was ridiculous. Man, it, this is the way boxing is, and we ain't gonna play that.
1: We ain't gonna play that. End quote. Gogi, hmm. uh... <laughs> as a promoter should he actually be saying things like this <laughs> because this isn't Ugh. about him he's retired yeah <laughs> but it always seems
2: to come back to Floyd okay that's what happens when you're a egomaniac okay you want that center of attention all the time <laughs> he, he never wants his fighters to be big, bigger than him I can guarantee you that okay so so yeah that's been that, that you know hey Floyd is Floyd you know what I mean uh, you got to give them credit though they did put on a great show great fights uh, had a great crowd surprised me you know tank even tank davis Javante. he must have brought a, a big crowd up a big fan base from baltimore cuz they gave him uh, when they introduced him boy they gave him a big uh, ovation and everything which i never seen before you know i always thought he yeah. I, I thought he would never be a ticket uh, you know a big time ticket seller he probably won't you know but he does have a good little fan base that came over to support him over there and. uh in New York and everything, so, but, yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe, uh, you know, you, you gotta give credit when credit's due, you know, uh, even though, you know, I don't give Heyman a lot of
1: credit or, well, uh, well, look, or, look, Gogie, we're, we're, we're still on DeGaulle versus Jack, man, I know there's a Floyd Mayweather promotion, and yes, he did a yeah, great yeah. job in, uh, yeah, promoting Leonard, the event, Leonard, there was a, there was a nice crowd, and we'll, we'll get to Javonta Davis, you know, winning his too. first world title, Leonard Ellerby? Yeah, he did a great job uh, promoting it. You know, he was uh, he was the oh, a man minute. there. wait are, are you serious?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm serious. He did a good, he did a great job, man. I mean, uh, he was really hustling, putting that uh, uh, <laughs> event together. Le- Leonard. One thing I noticed about Leonard, Joe. Everybody talks about him like you know he's Floyd's bitch, but the dude's very professional. Okay, he's he's very very professional well, and uh, and he's a very very he's very very uh, what do you call it? Cordial and. And open to the media. He don't, you know, he don't turn interviews down or nothing. So you got to respect him for that.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. He's always been the, the, you know, aside from lately, right. Um, mm-hmm. Floyd really seemingly missing that attention from the media. And he's <laughs> been, in, he's been in front of the camera lately, but yes, you're right. When Floyd was fighting, Leonard Ellerby was the spokesperson for Floyd May, or Mayweather promotions. You're absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. Always wanted to be in front of the camera, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But wonders will never cease, Gogi. I tell you what, because I never thought I'd ever do a show with you, in which you gave Leonard Ellerby of all people credit. <laughs> oh, they! they, <laughs> I'll, Joe, they I'll, I'll give him one thing, Gogi. I'll give him yeah. this: he's a snazzy dresser.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, but well, he's very, you know, Joe. Like I said, I've seen him around the media and this and that. And uh, you know a lot of people, you know, fight, fight the week of the fight. Fighters don't want to talk to media. Coaches don't want to talk to media. Managers. Yeah,
0: you're, the you're letters, right. Always, yeah, he last thing they
2: want to himself, do. He always makes himself as accessible uh, <laughs> to talk to the media. You know, to get you know to get uh, everybody involved, uh, uh, so so the show can be successful. So I, you know, you got to give credit when it's due. And he uh, he, you know, him and his staff, they did a, a damn good job of uh, you know getting that show. And hey, Joe, it was a great crowd, ten thousand. You know, for that fight, that's Indeed. damn
1: good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would you attribute that to? You think it's maybe the first fight of the year? Um, it, it, Eddie Hearn doing the a, a good job because I didn't see a whole lot of Brits there, Gogi.
2: Not surprising, huh?
1: No. Well, De Gaulle, and that's one of the reasons why they've had him in the in the U.S. Is you know, aside from being a an Olympian, a gold medalist, he's not a huge draw in uh, in Britain and. Yeah, that's
2: what my people tell me in England, that he's not a big draw, and I was surprised.
1: So, hmm, you know. Well, well no. this is what they stated, right? When they asked a gentleman who is covering the sport overseas or covering the fight overseas, um, Carl Frotch, basically, you know, he was at ringside, and this is what he stated. Um, he doesn't agree with Floyd Mayweather, that it was a robbery, but he oh. does, like you, agree that Badou Jack actually won the fight. Mm. And, and this is what he had to say. He said, you know what, I thought the results, quote, I thought the results should have been for Badu Jack. I had it even going into the last round, so the knockdown, in my opinion, won it for Jack by two points. Jack got mm. caught early, and uh, it more of an off-balance shot if that punch would have hit him on the chest, he probably would have felt it and uh, cost him the round. Or he probably would have fallen and cost him the round. Ra- uh, he said, I think DeGaulle's tactics were good, and he was moving well, but when you have a guy like Jack still coming, it makes it hard for you to move. He had DeGaulle yeah. on the ropes and hitting him with big shots. DeGaulle wasn't really penetrating the defense of Jack. Jack yeah. had longer stretches of good work, while DeGaulle would flurry in spots but it was too little too late. I guess yeah. he said, quote, final quote, I'm scoring it to Jack. So I agree with Mayweather that Jack won, but it wasn't a robbery. A robbery was Floyd getting robbed plain and clear in the Olympics. Roy Jones Jr. Getting robbed in the Olympic final. It wasn't a robbery, but it was unfortunate to Jack because I felt he won a very close fight End quote Goge. And that's, that speaks volumes. Look, look, it, it's, here it is. If you're looking at the fight as as an entire entity, yes, I think it's pretty obvious that Badou Jack won the affair. He won the fight. But if you're scoring on a round by round basis, well, then it yeah. gets a little tricky because mm-hmm. De Gaulle, You could make a case for him actually eking out a lot of the close rounds for the punch output, the flurries, the uh, you know the uh, the very very good work. In the early to mid rounds, in the in the back third of the fight, though, Badu Jack clearly came on, clearly had his way, and was clearly applying effective aggression, uh, clearly landing the harder, more impactful shots, and then clearly floored him in the in the twelfth round, hurting him badly. Um, and you could say he just ran out of time, but if you're scoring it on a round by round basis. Yes, um, you have to give DeGaulle some credit for the good work early to mid in that fight, which mm-hmm. was which was eventually the reason why the judges scored it a draw. Um, so, Gogi, you, you, have, you have a perception, right? If you're looking at the entire body of work, all 12 rounds, not yeah. individually, but as a whole, yes, I think it's pretty clear Badu Jack won that fight, but... As it scored, as it scored in a round by round basis. Yeah. Yes, you can make a case for either man winning. So, no robbery. Sorry, Floyd. Wasn't a robbery. You just like to talk. So, go take your picnic basket shirt and, you know, go buy yeah. another watch or something. But I, yeah. so, Gogi, um, what do you think about that? And do you think that often fans forget that the fights are scored on a round by round basis?
2: No, Joe, you know the average fan, you know, you know, the guy could be winning them eight, eight, nine rounds. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt the last round and almost gets knocked out. Then when he announces his decision, they start booming, man. Like, oh, he got robbed, he got robbed, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Joe, you got to score it round by round. Then you total up the, you know, the point total at the end of the uh, fight and then you declare a winner, but you know how fans are, you know what I mean? They, uh, you know, they, you know they only remember the last round they you know you're only good as their last round and everything you know they don't mm-hmm. care if you like you said if you uh built up the lead in the first six seven rounds all of a sudden the last five rounds you know you you know you were hanging on the you were hanging on the win and everything and but you know because of your work in the early rounds uh you know you both have en- enough points uh you know to uh you know fight off uh the, your, your opponent's momentum. They, and, uh, they don't do it like that. Oh, he got robbed. He got robbed. You got robbed. He got robbed. So uh, that's what you know. That's what makes boxing. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, intriguing. You know, the controversy that it generates.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, if anyone was actually clamoring for a rematch, doesn't look like that's going to happen, Gogi. In fact, Badu Jack has a purse bid set for February seventeenth versus well the very young strong Callum Smith wow uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know going into this fight before the DeGaulle fight I would have said you know what Callum Smith is not going to just beat Badu Jack he's going to knock him out and become the next monster of 168 but after Badu Jack's very gallant performance very impressive performance, and you see how he's progressed, you know, since losing and getting stopped by Derek Edwards several years ago, you can see an obvious improvement. I think that has a lot to do with his work ethic, his determination, and, well, maybe some conditioning as well. Who do you like in Badu Jack versus Callum Smith?
2: Boy. I don't know if Jack's gonna, you know, stay at 168, uh, 168. You know, after the fight, they they were adamant about moving up to 175. So I just think, unless Eddie Hearns makes him an offer he can't refuse, you know, to go to uh, England, uh, I just can't see him, you know, uh, you know, fighting, uh, you know, defending his title against Callum Smith, you know. So especially in England, so
0: hmm.
2: you know what I mean. Especially in England, Joe. oh God, you know, going into that backyard is going to be a sold-out arena. Uh, you know, Badu Jacks coming off a, a fight where his stock rose, so you know it's going to he's going to create a lot of buzz over there. Especially with Floyd Mayweather coming, he's going to uh, you know create a lot of buzz over there. So,
1: well, you but know, that'd be interesting, this
2: so is... you know that'd be interesting if he, if he stays at one
1: sixty-eight. You know, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't know. Well, the, you're absolutely right, and Floyd addressed that as well in the post-fight press conference. This is what he had to say: hey, "You know, you know, I, I'm the
0: promoter. This is my fighter,
1: Bader Jack. Has, <laughs> he, he's gotten
0: too big for 168. We have plans after this fight to move up
1: to light heavyweight." End quote. Uh-huh. So you could be right, Gogi. You could be. You could be right, but this is a huge money fight in England. Um, but that seems to be the problem in facing a guy like Callum Smith. So this is what happens. If Badu Jack actually vacates that WBC belt at 168 pounds, well, then the vacant title actually in the purse bid, okay, is actually held for Callum Smith versus mandatory challenger then, or number two ranked challenger, Anthony the dog Durrell, who just actually fought this past Friday in South Florida. Mm. Um, which is a great fight also. Who wins that fight, though, Gogi?
2: Oh, you got to go with Calvin Smith in his backyard. Mm.
1: Fan, you
2: know, 20, if they have it in that place where <laughs> they sell $20,000. That, that's,
1: if, that's if Eddie Hearn wins the purse bid, which is almost a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Anthony Durrell, you think Al's going to bet a lot of money for that non-ticket seller? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you think Steven Espinosa is gonna waste a wasted date? Well, then again, if it's in England, you know, if it's a good fight and it's over there, he knows the fan base. The fan, you know, the fans are gonna go crazy and uh, it's gonna be you know what. You know know? what
1: I'm thinking? They could have it in the co-main event, Gogi. They could have it on the undercard of Vladimir Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua at Wembley. When's that fight? That's gonna be in April.
2: Uh, Joe, here's the thing about that. Both fighters, Vlad and, uh, Vlad and uh, Joshua, are going to be taking most of the money. I don't think there's going to be a big enough budget <laughs> where you could get Anthony Durrell to come here to fight Calvin Smith in his own town. They're going to have to win the purse bid, basically. You know what I mean? And uh, if Showtime gets involved, because I don't know, you know, I don't know, that'd be a tough, tough fight for Stevie to, you know, Stevie. Like I said, you only get one championship boxing in uh, a uh, uh, per month that would be a tough sell for him to buy that fight, you know, even though, even though it's in England and it's going to be a, you know, a crazy electric atmosphere, boy, whew, you know what I mean? But that would be good, you know, on the undercard of, uh, Anthony Joshua, Joe and, uh, Anthony Joshua and, uh, Klitschko. Well, they could, look, you know, look, about and Eddie numbers, Hearn.
1: You know? Oh, absolutely. And Eddie Hearn has, you know, he's taken one in the shorts just to promote. He's a real promoter. he, He actually uses some of these events as investments, and he loses money on some of these. If he knows, well, his fighter is going to gain a lot more exposure and become a much bigger star in the process, he's a real promoter, Gogi. So I can see Eddie Hearn making that move and putting it, kind of piggybacking on the back of, uh, on the coattails of Vladimir Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua, whether or not that materializes, it takes place, well, we'll find out in February. But they um, sold eighty.
2: G- Joe, they already sold eighty thousand tickets <laughs> with yep. Anthony Darrell and Callum Smith. I think, I honestly, Joe, I think Eddie should just save one of those, uh, you know, netwe uh, with Sky Network TV dates for for
1: this fight, and uh and have Anthony Durrell go over there. to you know,
0: to, you know, uh, you could very well.
1: You, yeah, you're absolutely right because it's not like the. Because Callum Smith versus Anthony Durrell, his very first major title effort, Callum Smith, right? Yeah, it yeah. would be a huge event. You know, another one of the Smith brothers fighting for a major world title. That's a huge event in, in, uh, in Liverpool, right? So, yeah, and it, you're, you're right. It might actually take some of the luster off of that fight, putting it on the undercard of Klitschko versus Joshua. That's very, very insightful, Gogi. But I, I tell but, you what, though. So, but I tell you what, Joe...
2: I tell you what, if 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 Jack decides to stay at one sixty eight, that Oof. fight will be hot over there in England because of you know Oof. Jack's latest performance and you know the and that fight was Jack's and Miguel's fight was showed on Sky, so he mm-hmm. won a lot of fans over he won a lot of fans over there indeed uh, in England and this fight indeed. will
1: be
0: hot
2: over there in England if he decides to stay at one sixty eight.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Floyd Mayweather would be foolish not to capitalize on the momentum that Badou Jack just earned in this very gallant effort this past Saturday night. When you think about it, Gogi, what fight at light heavyweight would rival that, that Floyd would be interested in taking on?
2: Donna Stevenson.
1: You really think Badu Jack is going to take on Adonis Stevens, do you think Floyd Mayweather would be down for that? He said he would. He said, "Yeah, we'll fight anybody in the." Well, anyway, I tell so. you what, I would love to see that fight. Um, Adonis Stevenson, formerly trained by our good good friend, the late Mister Emanuel Stewart, and now being trained by his nephew, the uh, the very underrated Mister Javon Sugar Hill. To be honest with you, I think Adonis Stevenson decapitates Badu Jack. Yeah. Yeah. I think he yeah. kills him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he damn near maims him. Um, I don't think Baddie Jack can handle the kind of athletic specimen and big puncher, unless of course, Adonis Stevenson grows old overnight, which I don't see happening, but he is old. Uh, he is 39 years of age. So we'll see what would happen. I honestly, I like, I like either fight for Batou Jack um, in terms of being a big event and being a spectacle. But if Floyd Mayweather's smart, stay at one sixty eight. You have a better chance of beating um Callum Smith than a guy like Adonis Stevens. I think he gets his head knocked off um if he takes on Adonis. Your your thoughts, uh your final thoughts on Badu Jack versus potentially Adonis Stevenson.
2: Oh, I feel the same way too, Joe. It's a different ball game when you're moving up and weight and everything and uh
1: yeah. fighting
2: a sharp a sharp boxer <laughs> counter puncher. uh uh,
1: a sneaky and, and southpaw counter puncher like and yeah. can
2: hit like Adonis Stevenson and everything. But this, Adonis Stevenson, what is he? He's gonna be damn near forty years old, man. So hey, you know yep. what I mean? Any 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 fight he could get old. But if he can only make that wait one more time, oh man, that that's a hot fight. Eddie uh, yep. time would buy that fight
1: versus Callum Smith. Absolutely, I think he should try. I think Floyd Mayweather would be a fool not to take advantage of that. So there you have it, guys. Badu Jack versus James DeGaulle fight to a majority draw this fast Saturday night in your main event of the evening um, at the Barclays Center. To the dismay of Floyd Mayweather Jr., the majority draw. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. I'll tell you what, let's move to the co-main event, Gogi, and Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather Promotions has a new champion. Uh, Gervonta Tank Davis um, stops former incumbent IBF. Super featherweight champion, Mr. Jose Pedraza, in, uh, oh, that was in the seventh round at the 236 mark of the seventh round. And, uh, yeah, just punished him. Um, Oof, brilliant, brilliant performance by Javonta Davis. And and let me ask you this, Gogi. Leading up to this fight, there were a lot of yahoos, right? A lot of so-called experts who actually thought because of the resume, because of the experience of the Puerto Rican incumbent champion that he was actually going to beat Gervonta Davis. And and we talked about this before leading into this fight and you likened it to Errol Spence versus Chris Algieri, that this was going to be another, um, that this fight, this sport was all about levels. Why did you say that? And, and what caused you to see that? Because you were very prophetic.
2: Oh shit, i I known Tank, uh, Javanta, you know, when he was coming up, uh n- even in the amateurs, you know, I knew he was athletic. I knew he was explosive. I knew he, you know, he was he was sharp uh uh with his with his punches. A sharp counter puncher with power. Uh you know, you know, he's you know, he's got got a lot of god given uh, natural ability and I know Pedrasa, I have seen him fight you know nothing about him, you know, jumped up where I said, wow, you know, he was just, you know, a good, hardworking, you know, ordinary champion, you know, nothing special. And I thought when they made this fight, I go, yep, (laughs) this is a good fight for Tank. This is a great fight where he can win the title. You know, he's fighting the perfect opponent, uh, meaning, uh, you know, his superior talent will be too much uh, for uh, Pedraza to handle. Even though Pedraza has a lot more experience in tank i thought tank or Javonta davis's talent was was so high at a at, at another level where it would make up for his lack of experience and i was you know and i heard all you know i was listening to all these podcasts you know get their just listen to their opinions, uh <laughs> and they're all oh man tank he has no business in with this guy what are they doing this tank is so green and raw. Oh, he's so you know he's so sloppy when he does his combinations. He's so wide open. That when Pedrosa hits him, he's gonna get knocked out. You know all these guys, but you know these guys. You know I I, I listen to them. I'm like oh they they just you know they don't. I don't know I've been doing this you know since the '80s, and I you know I understand you know different levels of talent. I got a pretty good eye on knowing what's gonna happen, and and that's what I thought it would uh, it would happen. You know what I mean uh, yeah. yeah. Just because uh, what's the name had, like you said, Joe, better resume it didn't mean nothing to me. I'm, remember we were talking about that, Joe? I was like, man these guys what the hell are they seeing that I'm
1: not? Well
2: Well, well, said, well once my, once again I got a Gogi. And
1: absolutely. I got and a one, once again, we, we say this all the time on the show, Gogi. Resumés right. are for guys who really don't understand what they're looking at in the ring. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it's for fans yeah. and sports writers who don't understand what they're looking at in the ring. Yeah, that's it. That's the bar. You know, and it's funny. It's like, you want to lean on resume? Well, resumes are contingent on opportunity, right? Up to this point, Javante Davis had never received the opportunity to prove his medal in the ring at the championship level. Well, he showed everyone that he is one of the best 135 or 130 pounders um, in the sport of boxing. But now, here it is. Do you see him taking on the likes of Francisco Vargas, Takashi Mira, um, Nicholas Walters? Do you see him fighting Vassil Lomachenko? Gogi, how does Javonta Davis fare against those gentlemen?
2: Well, you know, Joe, it'd be kind of hard to because, you know, that you know Floyd wants to keep him on Showtime with Steven Espinosa, you know what I mean? And some other guys are, you know, HBO fighters. So, that, you know, they'll be kind of hard... For them to make the matches, and I can't. A guy like Vargas, oh, they're, you know these guys are going to be, you know, straight up in-your-face pressure fighters and everything. They're, 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 they're at mm-hmm. another level than that guy Pedrasa, So these guys <laughs> would give them a hell of a lot more better fight than uh, even though they don't even though they got bad defense. You know, Amira, uh, Francisco Vargas, Orlando Salido, they got terrible defense,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know. They would get hurt, you know, they would get stunned by this guy. They would get hurt by this guy. But because they're on a different level, these guys will be, you know, they'll be able to recover and come back fighting and everything. So Tank, you know, he'd go through a lot of heat fighting these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, more heat than he when he than when he went through uh, fighting Pedrasa. And as far as Romanchenko, uh, he don't want to mess with him. Romanchenko will beat that <laughs> ass. Floyd <laughs> knows that too, man. Floyd said afterwards, yeah. you know. Floyd said that afterwards, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to unify the belt, you know, we're just going to, you know, we're going to stack his money, meaning, you know, get the opponents that they know he could beat and, uh, you know, and just keep making money and everything. But, yeah, to get his profile bigger. But Floyd, you know, I just, unless the money makes sense, uh, fight with Lomachenko or or all them other guys, eh, Floyd ain't even going to, you know, put his champion in there. You know what I mean? He's going to milk it, you know, and uh, now – that tank has made a great, uh, you know, blowout performance. Uh, everybody knows who he is. He's hot. You know, Floyd's going to capitalize capitalize on that, and that's you know, you know, you know, and uh, hopefully getting him on Showtime. You know, two more times this year, and uh, if he keeps on looking like he's doing, Joe, he's going to create a bigger buzz and bigger buzz all the time because people love knockouts, and when you're knocking out a guy like he's doing. Uh, you know, because he's 17-0 with 16 knockouts, okay? And when you're knocking out the guys like he's doing, like in the fashion he's doing it, you know, people are going to talk about you and everything.
1: Yeah, indeed, Gogi, indeed. So I'll tell you what, very briefly. Um, ah, Gosh, I, I know to your dismay, brother, we we do have to touch on this. And, and trust me, we're just going to touch on it. On Friday at the amphitheater in Halea Park, South mm. Florida, Ah, uh, WBA, super welterweight champion, 154-pounder Ayersland Elada, well, knocked out former champion Yuri Foreman with a vicious uppercut in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at the 147 mark of the fourth round, Foreman got up but was on unsteady legs. Uh, third man of the ring, Mr. Samuel Burgos, actually waved it off and that was that. At age 33, Gogi, where does Arizlandi Lotta go from here? Because it's not like the other perceived best at 154 pounds want any part of this guy. And, you know, I think a lot of people would like to see, well, the current IBF champ take on um, Landy in a unification bout, but that's not going to happen. Both men are trained yeah. by, well, our g- very good friend, former colleague, Mr. Ronnie Shields. So what happens, Demetrius Andrade has already said, you know what, nah, I, don't really, I don't really care. That guy brings nothing to the table. I know he's a champion, but, yeah, too much risk for the reward. And that's pretty much how everyone views Aries Landy. It's like Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade has even stated, you know, even if I were to win, which I would, that's what he says, um, it would be a very uneventful fight, and it would really not do anything to increase my stock in the boxing business. Do you agree with that? And do you think that's the reason why Ares Landy can't seem to buy a meaningful fight these days?
2: You know, what's his name? Uh, Andre's getting ready to fight for the title, uh, the WBA. Yep. So it wouldn't make sense to fight like, that Lara guy, you know, when he's getting a title fight, especially a tricky, slick guy like Lara. You know what I mean? So, ah, joke, you know, eh. He's not TV friendly fighter. He's safety first, moves mm-hmm. around, slick counter puncher. Oh, he's he's just terrible to watch. And you know, I don't know what are you gonna do with this guy. You know, I mean TV, TV people don't want to buy him. I mean Showtime don't want to buy him because he don't put on good fights. HBO don't want to buy him. You know what I mean, Joe? He's in, He's in. He's at that stage of his career where uh, man, it's gonna be hard for him to get a meaningful fight. You know. One fight I like to see him step up, you know, uh, Al Heyman's got a couple of them 54-pounders, Erickson Lubin, and that Jared Hurd. That'd be great, you know, for them guys, uh, you know, a little bit kind of over their head, I mean, as far as experience, but them guys are highly talented fighters, okay? Mm -hmm. And just like, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Travonta Davis, even though, though, uh, you know, Lara has, a, you know, more experience than them guys. He's getting a little old, okay? His legs have slowed down, have you noticed? And these younger mm-hmm. lions like Jared Hurd, it'd be a better match for Jared Hurd yeah, than Erickson Lubin. Lubin's still kind of young. I don't think he's ready for a guy like Lara, but a guy like Jared Hurd, big, strong, a physical, junior, middleweight, I think he's, he, he'll be a, a good test uh, for Erislandy Lara.
1: Or should Landy Lauder just vacate the title and move up to 160 pounds, Gogi? I mean, who's he gonna
2: fight? Gluckin don't want to fight him. I mean, I mean, Gluckin's to the point where he's on pay-per-view, okay? And people ain't gonna mm-hmm. buy that crap, you know. What I mean, Gluckin against Lara, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> the way he fights, know? So. But yeah, maybe indeed. Jared Hurt, you know, he, you know, he's got one of those belts. Uh, Laura, I don't know what belt it is—the regular champion or the no, super no, no, champion? he's
1: no, he is the WBA super 154 pound champion, right? Huh. Um, so yeah, Demetrius Andrade is going to be fighting for the regular title. Oh, geez. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> is a joke.
2: Well, you know what? Since he got a belt, and hey, Jared Hurd's been looking for a title shot. Well, here's your opportunity. Make them. You know what I mean? You know. Indeed. Yeah, Hurd. Herg, Hurd's a very talented fighter. Okay, big, he strong is. junior middleweight. Okay, so give him an opportunity. Both guys are uh, have Al Heyman as a an, as an advisor. So how can make the fight happen?
1: Yeah, right now it looks like uh, it's going to be on a Sourland event. Correct. In Germany, somewhere in Germany, a, a, a venue to be named later, uh, Demetrius Andrius is going to fight for the uh, WBA um, regular title against Mr. Jack Kolkai.
2: Regular title. Man, that WBA is the biggest fraud out there.
1: <laughs> world <laughs>
2: champion used to mean something in boxing, okay? Being a world champion back in the day, 20, 30 years ago, Joe, thirty years ago, when I got into this racket, when you were a world champion, you were considered a world champion. It meant something oh that guy that's that's the champ he's a world champion you know it meant something <laughs> it had meaning now because of all these organizations and all these bullshit bogus belts it means it, it means it means jack shit i mean uh you know i mean it don't mean nothing it it, it the organizations like the w b a they watered down, they, you know. They watered down the uh, these belts, you know. Because of that, you know, they, they lost a lot of uh, integrity. Integrity uh, of being a champion, you know. You, you know what I mean,
0: Joe? Absolutely. You
2: know, a lot of respect. People don't like, ah, oh, man, what champion are you? Ah, oh, sheesh. interim champion, the regular champion, the emeritus <laughs> champion, the super champion, and today, WWE part of this crap. You know, that's got
1: to be the farthest organization in Boston right now. Well, I'll I tell you what, Gogi, we're running out of time, but uh, we'd like to give an honorable mention to third man of the ring, Mr. Arthur McCanty Jr., for taking one on the chin and finishing oh, yeah. the fight. Good yeah. job, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what did you think of his reaction to that uh, left hook to the jaw?
2: <laughs> what was my reaction? <laughs> like referees always
1: tell you protect
2: yourself. Protect yourself, yourself time. Time. at <laughs> all Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: I said. Oh. oh, Chingo. Yeah. I tell you what, it's that. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at his reaction of the uh, clean shot to the chin. <laughs> But, hey, credit to him for being as tough as he is. I tell you what, he gets it from his dad.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I tell you what, so there you have it, Gogi. Uh, Do you have any party shots for all of our listeners? And I tell you what, because these fights were announced, Gogi, and we haven't really given them a big fight preview um, over the last several weeks, we're going to play catch-up, and we're going to do a Gogi big fight preview for both Koto Kirkland as well as Golovkin versus Jacobs, just to bring mm. everyone up to speed. Um, we're going to take care of that a little bit later this week. But, Gogi, do you have any parting shots for all of our listening audience?
2: No, just uh, thank you, uh, everybody uh, all over the world, for tuning in, especially, like I always said, uh, all the fans over there in Europe, especially England, pound for pound, the best fans in the world, everywhere, you know, every, everywhere over there in the UK. Most enthusiastic most passionate fans in boxing right now pound for pound the best uh, all the fans over there in germany france or, you know italy and all over europe and uh you know all the fans all over in uh, australia uh they got a big fight over there with pacquiao jeff horn which they're going to pack that stadium mm. over there you know every, you know fans we have fans in china too Ch- uh, fans in china philippines south yep. america central america mexico the great usa and canada Thank well, I'll tell you what,
1: and yeah that's that's another show entirely Gogi, because it's funny um almost thirty percent of our listening audience now comes from the Philippines. Thank you guys for actually oh, really? tuning into War Week Radio and getting your boxing news from uh from yours truly, as well as well the great mr james Gogi but yeah, so, and we'll talk about that Does does that factor or does that tidbit factor into? Well, why Bob Arum has chosen to take Manny Fakao to the land down under?
0: Hmm. We'll mm. talk
1: about that uh, business decision a little bit later on as well, later on in the week or possibly next. But, guys, yes, thank you for tuning in to World Week Radio. Um, guys, don't forget to like our YouTube page, subscribe, and uh, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of three-decade fight trainer James Gogie. I'm Joseph Heron. Have a good evening, everybody.
0: You there, Joe?